Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to another Get Podcast episode. I am Tim Malone, executive coach and owner of Your Life's Direction, an executive coaching and learning and development provider and an HR consulting firm. So what is a Get Podcast? Well, a Get Podcast is, as the name suggests, where learners can gather, empower, and transform together through a series of insightful podcast discussions with expert leaders from all backgrounds and all industries. So as we continue to discuss something near and dear to my heart, a leadership, today I am pleased to be joined by Joshua Smalls. Josh is an HR practitioner and an employee and labor relations specialist. Josh has diverse industry experience, including roles in retail, in distribution, in healthcare, manufacturing, baking, and aerospace. Josh started his professional journey in operations leadership before transitioning to human resources. So Josh joins us with 12 years of HR experience, HR experience in a variety of roles, but the role that he takes the most pride in is serving his teams for 17 years with expert leadership. And Josh, I am super pleased to be joined by you today. Thanks for, thanks for coming on my podcast. Sure, Tim, thanks for, for having me. You know, I'm excited about the conversation uh, and I look forward to it. Um, Josh, as I was reading the variety of experience that you've had, um, it talked about diversity. It's quite diverse and um, it makes me think that you're like a hundred years old instead of several years younger than me. Yeah, sure. I, I've definitely had a lot of different experiences um, and, I, and I'm, def I'm glad for them. So, yes. It's fun. Well, um, as I said earlier, um, we the, the focus of the Get Podcast is to talk about leadership. And Josh, you and I both know that leadership, when you're a leader, when you are a leader, it's it's really, I always like to think about leadership as about who you are. It's your character. It's your credibility. And okay. so when we talk about leadership, we end up talking about so many other things. And what I'm pleased about you joining today's podcast is because we're we're going to broaden our topic and talk a little bit about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I could not think of a better person to, to have um, with me today than you. So Josh, thanks again. So, so Josh, as we, let, let's, let's do this. Let's first describe ourselves to our, our listeners and um, because they can't see us. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna start. And I am going to, to let our listeners know that if they could see us, what they would see is that I have, I have much lighter skin than you, so I am white. I am, unfortunately, have a lot more gray hair than you, and so I'm a whole lot older. I have, I have an Italian background. I am, I am um, you know, from the north. I was raised in upstate New York actually Western New York. So, so for our listeners, I want them to know that you and I are different. So Josh, tell me a little bit how you're different from me. Yeah, Tim, as you mentioned, so I am a darker skin uh, male, 
uh, black male, right, of, of African descent. And uh, I would I would say that I'm younger uh, <laughs> than, than you are. And as far as where I was, you know, raised, so I'm raised in the South, uh, before South Carolina to be exact. Um, so that's that's kind of the differences that that we have and, and we we share. What, what we, um, yeah, so those are the differences. We also do have some similarities. We work for um, the same company. You and I have had same similar training. That's where I first met Josh. And so Josh and I have known each other for about um, seven, eight years. We've kept, um, we've kept in contact um, long after we stopped working together closely. But, um, but yeah, this is going to be fun. So Josh, I'm going to start by by just, again, reminding our listeners, we're talking about diversity, we're talking about equity, we're talking about inclusion. We're trying to have a non-political discussion today, which hopefully we'll be able to achieve. But let's first, let me first um, start off by saying, well, what is diversity? You know, from a leadership perspective, what is diversity? Well, diversity is simply defined as, as all characteristics, all experiences that define each of us as individuals. We just started talking a little bit about our diverse backgrounds, but there are probably so many more things that make you and I diverse, different from each other, all unique to Josh and all unique to me. Diversity, I, I think I, I would say that a common misconception about diversity is that it only pertains to certain persons or groups when in fact exactly the opposite is true. It pertains to all of us. So, so Josh, tell me if you if you could tell me a little bit about when you were first exposed to diversity or your first experience realizing that that diversity is defined by all characteristics and all experiences. Yeah, Tim. Um, again, thank thanks for having me. Um, you know, I, I'll share one experience that that I had that was, you know, eye opening for me. So, um, you know, throughout my professional career, I've always had an interest in, in understanding how D and I has impacted uh, whether it's people's opportunities or, or lack thereof. Um, you know, when you first uh, mentioned me joining this episode, you know, one of the things I recall was a, was a moment of realization that I had. So, you know, as mentioned in the introduction, you know, I've worked in several different industries and I've had quite a few different roles. So, um, but I realized that as I was going through the interview process uh, back in 2018, I was going through the process and that was the first time in my career that the interview panel was 100% diverse. And as we mentioned, I've had several different interviews and opportunities to go through, but that was the first time. And what I mean by diverse, we had an interview with two Hispanic males, one African-American female and one African-American uh, male. And so as I thought about it, I was like, wow, you know, um, I guess one might say, why is that so significant? Um, and, it, and it's significant because that was really the first time uh, that I felt fully comfortable during the interview process to the fact that I felt like I had the freedom to bring my whole self um, to, to that job. And I, I was able to uh, relate and provide answers and go into detail 
and I felt totally comfortable. So even though, even though I was going through an interview process, I felt a strong sense of inclusion. And um, it was just really a really great experience for me. And I ended up joining the organization. In fact, you know, I received an offer on the spot. Um, but that just shows how important it was to that organization. And for me, it was that realization of this is truly the first time I've been a part of a 100% diverse uh, interview panel. So it made a huge difference. And that was a, a, a realization moment for me. That's, that's a great story. I appreciate you. I appreciate you sharing that, Josh. I think, I think long ago, you and I might have had a conversation similar, not exact, but I wanted, I want to use this as a, maybe a, a jumping off point, but many, many years ago, 30 years ago, again, that just dates me and makes me even feel older, but 30 years ago, I was involved in, in a diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy. And I specifically, I designed a program that we were rolling out to the organization I was a part of. But my co-facilitation team, it had included a black male and it included a Hispanic um, male as well. And so, so it's what you just described. It's, what, it's, a, it's looking around the table, looking around the room, this facilitator team, we're, we're, coming, we're coming at the same thing, but from a different background, a different set of experience. Why is that important? And why was that comforting? I don't know if you use that exact word, but why why was it reassuring to you? You know, I, for, I think it was the connection, right? The, the possibility of somebody understanding my perspective, some of the challenges that I may have faced in my professional career, in my personal personal life, right? I think it was it was that sense of connection. So as as I'm being asked questions and as I'm responding. You know, I felt that, you know, uh, overwhelmingly they could relate uh, to, to the answers and how I was approaching some of them. So that's that was probably I would say that was the biggest thing. It was that sense of connection, understanding and almost a lack of judgment. Right. So that that made me feel extremely comfortable um, and I was able to, you know, really shine during during that interview process. Yeah, that's so interesting. A couple of thoughts I'm having. Um, so you and I introduced ourselves as being really different, and it's important to acknowledge those differences. And yet, at the same time, what we're also trying to do through our differences, you just used the words, you just heard it, used a couple of words that I love. You used the word relevant and related and shared. And when you when you do any kind of reading today, particularly around DE and I, there's this there's this sense of empathy, and I am a firm believer that you and I will never be able to walk in each other's shoes, mm -hmm. but we should try to get really really close, as much as possible to really develop that that empathy, so that so that we can be relatable and we can share with each other despite all of our differences. Absolutely. That's extremely important, Tim. Uh, great point. So, so let's then, let's continue this discussion because, because we're talking about DE&I. Let's, let's look at the E part of this. You know, so when you think about, when you think about equity, you know, this quality of being fair and impartial, 
Josh, you know, I spent a lot of years in the learning and development side of things. And for our listeners, from with a learning and development background, you probably remember the 70-20-10. The 70-20-10 yeah. development, you know, I always think about this and I think about, was I always equitable? Did I, did I, those, those that I had the privilege of working with and leading, you know, did, was I, was I fair and impartial? Did I give the folks that reported to me, the individuals that reported to me, the people that I worked with, did I afford everyone with the, with the equal opportunity, um, the, the being fair and impartial? What, what is, when you think about leadership today, and you think about this quality of being fair and impartial, why is that important from your perspective, Josh? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I think uh, being impartial and being as fair as possible is important because as a leader, you want to eliminate any barriers uh, that, that have prevented participation, right? Or have prevented someone from being uh, 100% of who they're capable of being. Uh, and so when I think about equity, I think about, you know, how, how do I as a leader give them the same opportunities as somebody else, even though they may be operating at different levels within the organization or at different levels within their career, what things can I do to enhance and bring out that full capability of that employee um, or team member, right? So for me, it's about really uh, removing those barriers and providing additional support if needed. And, and, and so equality, is not equity, right? And so that, yeah. I always think about that. So I think about the ways in which I can support and be put everybody on the same playing field as much as possible. So that that's the things that I really, really think about when when I think about equity. Yeah, thank you for thank you for saying that. That is really an important distinction. You and I are different, and because we're different, we may need different things for us to advance in our careers. And so you don't, you and I don't want the same thing, but we want the, we want the, the right thing for me and the right thing for you. Absolutely. Yeah. So hugely, hugely, hugely important. Thank you for, for, um, for that. Um, I'm curious, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Josh. This is not something that I told you I would do. Do you, do you what, like equity? Do you have very similar to your, 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 first, you know, thinking about diversity and your first experience with that, what comes to mind for you personally when you think about equity? Um, so when I think about equity, it, there was a, a moment uh, in, in 2016 um, where I was the first Black HR male partner at the organization that I, that I joined, right? And so the organization had been over 100 years old. Um, and on my first day, I just remember it so clearly on my first day, my manager pulled me into her office and made it a point to share with me, hey, you're going to be the first black male to be in a role like this, right? Um, I later found out how important that was uh, that she shared that information because when I compared myself to my peers, she provided a, a, an equitable opportunity, right? And I say that because, you know, I was primarily supporting uh, white male directors and, and VPs, right? That they have never partnered with anyone 
like me before. And quite honestly, her sharing that allowed me to kind of even the playing field. So I, I found a way to partner, right, and consult and, and build trust um, so that I can go on and share those and share those experiences with the leaders and we could make that connection and have a better partnership uh, and to support the employees and, and to help support the organization. So that was pivotal. My leader didn't have to do it, um, but she did. And and then and, and I felt the benefits of, of that equitable treatment. Yeah. So again, there is a there's a lived experience to I mean we haven't talked about inclusion at this point, but there there is a sense of it. The, you get an experience. You this it comes to life. Diversity and equity comes to life. And leaders in your story, your that 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 woman, your leader who brought you in and had this conversation, um, she had to bring that to life. She had to make that happen. For for you, absolutely. So so it really does speak to how important leaders are grappling with these with these topics with this major major topic today um, in this kind of a way where you and I can just sit down without fear of saying the wrong thing or. Well, I mean, we probably should just assume that we're going to say the, 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 the wrong thing, but that we're not going to hold it against each other. We're going to learn and grow from from our experience. Yes, that's 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 most important. And what I've seen even Tim, in, in some of the relationships that I've built and, and, and being curious. Right. And part of being curious is really letting people be themselves, share their experiences. And if it's some offense or some offensive comment made. It's the trust that you can now have a conversation even about that. Hey, this is why this may have offended me. And you can go on about your day and not hold in the harbor any hard feelings. So that's that's when it works at its finest, I believe. Well, yes. And so what that means is that you and I have to turn off all of the noise that is out there in our society and in our culture and and just be able to to have a conversation where differences become a a place of learning instead of differences being weaponized where where we where we blame and we hurt one another for for something that we may not even be aware of absolutely yes that's so true so the other thing it makes me think of is the more we we get a sense of if, if we have an appreciation for diversity, for differences, that that could be a great place of learning and understanding, which is maybe another reason why it's so critically important to, to, to be leaders who, who embrace a concept like diversity. What, what more would you add to that? You know, Tim, uh, I think you hit it on the head, right? It, it, leadership and having your own leadership values, your own leadership culture, and your own uh, DE&I lens as a leader, right? We all work for organizations or maybe entrepreneurs, but personally, you have to have all of those things. And, and honestly, they have to align with the organization that you work for. 
Um, but I believe that those personable, personal culture and personal beliefs, uh, they drive you to being successful as a leader, no matter what organization you're a part of. So I think you hit it on the head. Yeah, so before before we move too far from this, I, I'd like to ask you another question. I'm I'm trying to think of when you and I first met, and I'm trying to think about how formal we were in our introduction. I mean, we worked for the same organization. We were we were involved in the same project. There was there was a certain amount of commonality, for familiarity. Um, we obviously were aligned in our goals and what we were trying to achieve. So we had a lot of benefit working in our favor. But when you start working with someone whom you've hadn't had the opportunity to work with, um, how, how would how do you suggest that leaders begin to form, to forge these new relationships with others? Do you have a thought about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for me, it's about connecting with the person, right? So so not the employee, right? It's connecting with the actual person that you're dealing with. So, you know, I'm searching for something that we have in common. Um, so once I find what that what that is, what that thing we have in common is, I, I feel you can get more comfortable with each other. You can hone in, learning about, you know, the differences. And it could be anything uh, from same sports team, traveling to the same location, favorite movie, et cetera. You know, I like to make people feel comfortable enough not to hide important parts of who they are. You know, on the other hand, right, you know, I, I realize that not everybody has something in common. And so if we don't have anything in common, I take, you know, the, the, the opportunity to ask about things that are important to them. So just learning more about them, um, you know, I like to focus on, you know, anything that, hey, what, what's important to that person, the holistic person, and making sure that we have those discussions and I can learn about them and we can, you know, put that on the table and we can be, um, we can continue to have a, a good relationship and we can forge that relationship that will help us, you know, partner in the long run. And yeah, so again, you have just said, you talked about values, you talked about connections, you talked about commonalities, you talked about, you know, who people are, not just, you know, where they work. Um, all of those things, all of those things are so important that you just talked about the heart of leadership again, you know, that the very podcast is about, is about leadership, it's about who you are and what you bring. Um, Josh, you told me a story, and maybe this would be an appropriate um, time, because we are talking about, we're still talking a little bit about diversity, um, you know, and, and just the, the, the treatment of others. But you told me the story once about breaking bread, breaking barriers. What this, can you tell us what that was and, and why that was so impactful for you? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the organizations that I, that I work for, in fact, the organization where I had the 100% diverse panel, um, they had a program. Uh, it was called Breaking Bread and Breaking Barriers. Um, essentially, it was one of the DEI initiative where you know we would bring a group of diverse individuals throughout the organization together, and we would break bread. So the first part, we would eat lunch, we would eat breakfast together, and then the second part, 
was the breaking barriers. And truly, it was about having conversations about DE&I. Uh, it was about uh, having thought-provoking questions asked and then being able to listen to others at the table um, and then connect, right? So I, I volunteered to be a facilitator because it was near and dear to my personal uh, leadership uh, behaviors. And so I volunteered to be a facilitator. And I can tell you that was one of the most fulfilling activities I've done throughout my professional career. Uh, being at a table and navigating those questions and facilitating the conversation with individuals that was so different. And, and it started from whether it was their upbringing, right? Uh, the biases that, that they had naturally uh, come in from, from, from their upbringing. Um, so we, we really touched on all of those things, right? Mm -hmm. And people had the opportunity to share and we learned so much. That was, again, one of the most fulfilling uh, opportunities that I've had to be a leader in the DNI space. And that's something that, you know, I always challenge myself to, to continue to have that same passion uh, when I have conversations with, with individuals, especially pertaining to DNI. What, what I, again, Josh, what I, what I appreciate most about what you just said, um, you went deep. You went deep. The more you talk with, the more you talk, I even believe that our preparation and getting ready for today and having this discussion with you it adds depth to a relationship. It adds depth to the trust that I have. Um, so, so... Yeah, so I, I I do feel like there is depth when you spend time talking. Just like we're doing today. And and yeah, I really I really do love that. Yeah, I do too, Tim. This is this is so valuable for me. So Josh, it sounds like what we are saying that like your experience with breaking bread, breaking barriers, the conversation, the honest, authentic conversation, um, that, that that's really important. That when there is depth to a relationship, it has meaning. Right. What what would you add to that? You know, one of one of my uh, I guess pillars is, is truly understanding the, the whole person. Uh, that is so important for me, and and even through my experiences, as we mentioned, you know, I started in in leadership, you know, operations leadership. So one of the things that that I always try to do. Um, was really understand their entire person and not just the employee. And what I mean by that, right, and, and the ways that I, I would exercise that, for example, at, you know, the organization we worked at, sometimes I think at the largest number, I was responsible for 65 employees. Wow. And so I, I made it a point every morning to walk to everybody's workstation and talk about life. Um, nothing about work and how much product they can get out of the door, but it was truly a conversation about how are you doing? How's the family? And so I would 
you know, of course it would take some time in the morning, but I, I, it added so much value to the day. And I can tell, you know, that just caring about somebody, uh, that deep connection with that person is vitally important. And, and it's one of the things that, you know, I do tell, tell this day. Now it looks different now because I have a fully remote team, um, but it is the same thing, right? I, I want to know about you and how you're doing first uh, before we talk about any work. Really love that story, and it's a great segue into our into our final component here that we're talking about. Um, Josh, what I love about this conversation is, um, again, while we while we prepped for this, the way this conversation has gone is, um, has flowed so nicely. So, what you essentially did was you created an inclusive community at work. You 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 gave. You gave those 65, I don't know how you did that every morning. I'm sure it wasn't all 65 every morning, but that was a lot of time. <laughs> but, but, but you created a sense of belonging. You created, um, you know, the, the, the ability, I'm sure that, that your team members felt respected. They felt valued, not because they were, they were employees, but you already said this because of who they were as individuals. You just said you made a point not to talk about work, but to talk about their families, who they were outside of work. And when that's done, when when you know you you hear a lot about psychological safety and you hear a lot about creating an inclusive environment where where voices and ideas can be shared and heard and recognized and valued and appreciated, but you created that level of supportive energy and commitment from their leaders so that when you go to work, you can individually and collectively do your best work. So again, I wanna give you the opportunity to say, you know, to build on that, but I also wanna ask you a question. So what leader, would not want to create an inclusive community. <laughs> right. Uh, I think uh, we, we, we know that every leader uh, with the right intentions uh, wants to have that inclusive community. What, what it does, it, it makes uh, execution, right? And, and, and meeting deliverables in motivating your team it makes all of those things easier right when, when you have that inclusive environment i just i remember like teamwork flourishing right so everybody working together everybody committed to one common goal and i think the root of that is is having that you know inclusive uh, environment or creating that inclusive environment yeah so, so an inclusive environment where all voices are heard and all voices feel comfortable, much like what you said in that interview panel, you felt comfortable, you felt empowered to, to share and to, and to share your, your thoughts and your, your intentions um, uh, freely. How, how do you accept a person's differing thought, perspectives, and opinions? Like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a, this firm believer that, you know, you have people used to or people still maybe say all ideas are great ideas. Well, mm -hmm. I mean, to some degree, that's true. <laughs> um, so how how do you how do you how do you, you know, manage the tension 
when you're struggling with maybe it's not the best idea, but they still share the idea. Can you can you talk a little bit about how how you accept a person's differing thought, perspective, and opinions in the workplace? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, there's a couple of things I do. Number one is is listen attentively, right? So we had this concept uh, for the organization that we both worked for, uh, where it was be here now, right? So focus absolutely on that person in that moment to make sure you're capturing everything that they're saying and your value in their input. So that would be that would be one. Uh, another thing would be empathize, right? So we talked about it a little earlier, but trying to understand their point of view uh, by putting yourself in their shoes, right? Acknowledge feelings and knowledge emotions. Um, that's another thing. Stay open-minded, right? So, and this is crucial because you want to make sure that you're willing to, number one, hear the different viewpoint or perspective uh, and that you can act on it or you can respond to it um, to, to help with uh, decision-making and problem-solving. And then, one of the last things, you know, that I would do is, you know, ask a lot of questions, right? For me, it's all about, hey, all right, maybe I don't understand it at the root, but let me ask some questions that can help and clarify what your, what your perspective is and what your thought is and how it connects to what we're trying to solve, right? So those are four things that I, that I do, but I just would like to add that, you know, for me, diversity of thought is a phrase I use all the time, right? Uh, it, it is critically important to a high-performing team to have. Yes. And I always wanna tap into those different experiences and ideas when collaborating for greatness. So I, I, for me, I believe diversity of thought is at the root of innovation. And so that's critically important as well as the four things I told you that I try to do as a leader, but at the core of it is that diversity of thought. Um, Josh, I was trying to write those four down. Can you can you say those again for our yeah, leaders? Absolutely. I think that's important. Yep. Listen actively. Empathize. Stay open-minded. And ask questions. Great. And what I what I what I want to go back to is um, again because we've talked about these things or some of these things. We've talked about that empathy. You hear a lot about, about leadership today and empathetic leadership. So right on with point two. I also, I, you, you, this is the second time you said this, and I want to highlight this because I think it really is important. And I didn't get a chance to do that, you know, 30 minutes ago. But it's the second time you mentioned curiosity. And I think curiosity is really important. You know this, Josh, but when you're curious, when you're genuinely interested, you, the, the judgment goes away. So you're no longer thinking or evaluating, evaluating the, 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 you know, whatever it is, whether or not it's good or bad, whether or not it's the same as your background. But when you're curious, you, you remove judgment. Yes, yes, you're, you're right, Tim. Um, you know, I think that curiosity uh, takes over um, some of those biases <laughs> in the sense. Yeah, well, it's certainly, it's certainly how you become aware of them. Yep. And I think this is part of the conversation that we were having earlier today, 
that when you're in one of those those trusted relationships where where you're less worried about being offensive and more just about getting your thinking out where you can learn about your biases where you can have where you, then you can decide do I want to hold on to that belief or or is that something that I ought to change yeah so yeah so great so I got I've got another question and we can begin wrapping up here I really Josh this has been a great conversation and I so appreciate your time but I also want to want to be sensitive um but we hear a lot about we hear a lot of a lot these days when you when you begin engaging a topic like DEI and you hear the you hear about the concept of allyship can you can you speak a little bit about you know the sense of inclusion but what do you do to give voice to the marginalized those who may not feel totally comfortable in the workplace like they have a place to share their thoughts what do you do to ensure that sense of not only psychological safety, but how do you you advance this concept of, of an allyship? What do you do to be an ally? Yeah, uh, great question. As as you're right, that that comes up a ton, right? And there's so many different ways in which you can be an ally. But for me, you know, number one thing I do is I support, right? So whatever whatever group that I am uh, an ally to, I, I want to provide support frontline support. You know, I also, I volunteer my time. I mentor groups that I am an ally for. Uh, one example for me would be women in the workplace, workforce. You know, I have the pleasure of knowing great women in my life. Uh, for example, I, I, have, I have three sisters. I have six nieces, three grand nieces, a wonderful daughter, a beautiful wife. And, and of course, I can't forget where it all started my wonderful mom, right? So uh, I, I'd be remiss also not to mention my team. So right now, and I have five magnificent professional women who represent the best in employee and labor relations on a daily basis, right? And I, and I might be a little biased, but, but I see the work that they put in daily. So with all that said, I show up, I represent them in every form that I can. I support them in career development, and to help them reach their ultimate career aspirations. And, and um, in my previous role as, as HR site lead, I was an avid supporter of the Women's Employee Resource Group. Uh, one thing that I learned uh, from, from sports, I'm a huge sports fan, is the best ability is availability. So most importantly, I made myself available as a resource. I went to the different functions they had I donated my time, I donated money. So I just think being there, being available for individuals is so critically important to being an ally. And that's something that I, I strive to do, um, being an ally for, for any group that I, that I support. Sounds great. That sounds really great. So so and and a shout out to the the women that you just mentioned. And it's a good thing you mentioned your mom. If she's gonna be listening to this, you wanna make sure you included our um so, so good move on that. Uh, so, so Josh, here's what I know about you. You know, thoughtful, thoughtful leadership. Um, you know, dedicated. You're, you're obviously your diversity of thought that we've heard about today, which I appreciate. Um, you know, credible. You, you practice what you preach. You, you, you are a leader. 
the, these concepts that we're talking about, I know, well, it sounds like they're always on your, on your heart, on your mind. You're thinking about them all the time. What, is there anything else? Is there anything that else that you can say, um, you know, things that you do to create an inclusive workplace? You might even say, how do you create that psychological safety for people in the workplace? Would love to give you, you know, an opportunity to kind of wrap up your thinking and and share some last thoughts that you might have for for our listeners. Okay, yeah, um, Tim, you hit it. You know, inclusion is so important. Uh, psychological safety is important. So for me, you know, inclusion is consistently on my mind. You know, one of the most important leadership tenets for me is creating an environment where my team can openly share ideas and or challenge my ideas without a fear of a bad reaction. Yeah. Right. So and, and that, yeah, that that's important because, you know, sometimes our reactions as leaders, when somebody brings up a point that you may not necessarily agree with, you you know, those uh, uh, expressions that you may have, right, can, can be off-putting. So I, I want to, I'm always consciously aware of that. Also, you know, creating that safe space is priority number one. So some of the things that I do, you know, I encourage my team to speak up during staff meetings. I solicit input on key projects or initiatives. I ask for feedback during our one-on-one. So I always ask, what can I do better um, as a leader? And so they've actually been sharing it. So that that's a good sign for me, right? I also, we, of course, like many organizations, we have like these yearly post surveys, maybe it's twice a year. So I review my results with my team and I always ask for additional color. So we review the results. I say, hey, can you explain this? What, what did you mean by this, right? So I create that environment where the whole team understands that, yeah, I can tell him how I feel and he, he won't be upset. Um, and so that that's some of the things that I do, but you know, another thing I wanted to touch on is I've heard many definitions of inclusion, right? Um, we all have different ones, but the yeah. one that I referenced the most is inclusion is creating a culture of belonging in which all employees of all backgrounds, identities, geographies feel that they and their unique individual experiences and perspectives are respected, valued, and heard. You know, so, I, you know, I've heard many people uh, explain or compare D&I to a party. And I, I'm not sure if you've heard this yet, but I have. In, in, yeah, keep, keep that, going. Yeah. In that context. Right. If you if you think about it as a party, uh, diversity is everyone getting invited to the party. But inclusion is is being asked to dance at the party. Right. So, yeah, you're you're in the building. You were invited have these different uh, set of backgrounds and, and, and ethnicities and just the differences all being at the party. But inclusion is that piece of, you know, making sure or being asked to dance at that party, right? So you're now involved and you're included. So, you know, that's, that's one of the things I, I, I've referenced, but it's extremely important psychological safety and uh, creating an, an inclusive uh, work environment. That's really great. Hopefully our listeners will not only remember your your four points of creating that um, inclusive community, but they remember the metaphor that you just provided. Su super helpful. Josh, 
I cannot think of another person, you know, to get our to get this conversation started. Um, I, I feel like yes, we've gotten we've gotten pretty specific about what DE&I is. There's still so much more that you and I could talk about, and I'm wondering if we ought to do a part two um, to this discussion where we continue to hash out ideas and thoughts. But but from from a conversation starting standpoint, Josh, I want to thank you for um joining me today i i've i've loved i've loved having this conversation with you tim i, I echo the same sentiments uh, i really enjoyed the conversation i think it was uh value value added on both sides i, I appreciate the questions um and I, I just thank you for for inviting me uh, to join you in the conversation so appreciate it yeah, well, well, you're very welcome. I've loved it. I, I do have visions of you and I still doing some, some kind of a DE&I session um, together. So um, again, this was a good first step. We'll see where that heads. And um, anyway, it's been great talking with you. Thank you again for, for joining me. For, for all of our listeners out there, I hope you have enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you have any questions about your leadership, ways to improve your effectiveness, please reach out to me, Tim Malone, through my website at Your Life's Direction. If you're a business leader wanting to improve your culture and engage your workforce, reach out to me there as well. I wanna thank everyone for, for listening today. Also wanna remind you that feel free to reach out to, to Joshua Smalls. He is uh, one of my connections on LinkedIn, and I know that he would be happy to talk with you as well. Wherever you are, in your DEI understanding journey. Um, I know that if, as we continue to have honest and real conversations with one another, um, authentic conversations, that we can deepen, um, we, can, we can deepen the relationships that we have and we can make our workplaces more effective. Josh, thank you again. Really enjoyed, really enjoyed talking with you. And I know that we will be um, soon in touch. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Tim.